Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Welcome to the Nerdiverse. Go ahead, sit and listen to the masters. The old heads talk about what you love the most. Video games, comics, movies, and everything you need to maintain your We got the knowledge that's straight out the ether. Gonna need a drink and have to take a seat to expand your mind and listen to the speaker. Mike and the squad's gonna give you what you need. Please uh, send in a question. Come and get some answers. Learn a couple lessons from the masters with the special guests. We got the green lanterns glowing on our chest. Yes, please sit back and relax. Cause we're gonna hit you with them stone cold facts. And allow me to be the very first to welcome you to the Masters of the Nerdiverse. Welcome to Masters of the Nerdiverse, where we always have such sites to show you. You can always find this Fresca-loving podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Fresca. I don't know why my octaves... Fresca. Give me a... I don't want to bubble up. I don't want to seven up. I want a freaking Fresca. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Mike G. And with me, as always, is our super intelligent co-host. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> I say that on a daily basis, yeah. and no one gets it. Like, I once... I was, on a, I was on a blind date once, and I was like... I was like, hey, uh, so... Um, yeah. Do you have a ketchup secret? And the girl's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "You know, your ketchup secret." She was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Key pass the ketchup." She was like, "Yeah." <laughs> she did not get my Seinfeld reference. It was, and it would have been bold if she did. It probably would have made the process worse. Yeah. She actually knew what I was talking about. Now I, yeah. I love Seinfeld, but I still don't know what you're talking about with ketchup secret. So oh, no, remember that. that episode? It's the episode where uh, where where Jerry and George go to the guy at uh, uh, CBS or NBC, and they and they try to resell their uh, their their pitch their okay their pilot and Homeboy's daughter's there who is Denise Richards, and she's showing like massive cleavage right yeah and the dude catches George staring peeking at her cleavage, and so they're like let's let's catch him up we're gonna have Elaine meet him at dinner. Elaine's oh. going to have like super clenching uh, cleavage. Yeah, okay. And I remember catch that him up, You know, so was, yeah. she was like, do you want to know my ketchup secret? He's like, what? <laughs> then George and, like, George and, uh, and Jerry popped from behind her looking at him like, mm-hmm. Yep. Very mm-hmm. brave to bring up Seinfeld references on a blind date. <laughs> you got to know what you're dealing with, man. Like, it's almost up there with stop talking politics. On a blind date. No, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like I on a blind date you can't let your freak flag fly too too proudly because yeah. you don't want to scare people away. But you have to drop little hints, and I thought that was like a super subtle, <laughs> like I'm a nerd hint. Yeah, and if she caught it, then that's great, right? Like, like we'll LSD, you don't want to do a big part. You just want to do micro <laughs> yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to do a big pull of LSD your first time, dude. You're not going to have a good time. No, you got to do a little bit. You got to put a little bit. You know on your pizza and see how you see how you let it rock like the silicon valley folks do yeah man you can't just make like windows 7 you gotta you gotta be stoned out of your head otherwise it doesn't work mm-hmm. people don't know how to internet can i tell I you mean, this meme that i made well sure, let's get well, first ask me how was my week <laughs> you know what i love pulling the cart before the horse through winter uh how was your week what did you do so i made this meme <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, I thought it was funny, so I, I just released it today, and it's it's a picture of Post Malone in a cop uniform, and wow. then I and this is a joke. This is this is a timely joke due to the new uh, the news coming out of like new regulations for cops in California. Look it up, and I put. 
California cop code uh, 4128C69420 uh, (laughs) before using deadly force. Yeah. Before using deadly force, you (laughs) first drop Post Malone beats to see if he will surrender to the funk. I said something like that. That's that's fire, dog. That's that fire shit. (laughs) You know. Yeah, and it's like it's dumb if you see, but that uh, I'm known for making memes that are not um, that don't use language. I like to use people's brains. Yeah, with a man, meme. you got a clean meme. I'm up. the Fraser of memes. One of my favorite, like uh, I've been falling down like a biblical meme hole, which is the uh-huh. funniest thing ever. It is a picture. You know the meme where the guy is like checking out the gu- the girl from behind, and the girlfriend's like, "What the hell." Yeah. Well, it's a picture of that, but the guy is just a giant pillar of salt. The girl is, and the girl is Lot, and the the other girl is uh, Sodom. <laughs> it's super stupid. That's funny. I do have to say that um, all you making biblical or like Christian memes, you got to get better. <laughs> Some you know, of them are just like, like you have to be a little yeah. dirty to make good memes, to, and like exactly. you're asking vegetarians to master, uh, you know, Italian meatball man. They're just not going to understand what makes it good. You know, like I don't, I'm I'm kind of hesitant to say this because I feel like if I, I I've been tempted to write jokes for this show because they would pay me. Um, they pay joke writers, but there's a internet show that's connected to this ministry thing that they're trying to do like their own version of a late night talk show. Right. And it's one of the weirdest things you'll ever watch because <laughs> they'll say, they'll say a joke, but then it's kind of like they have to backpedal every time they say a joke, mm. like, yeah. like joke inserts, insert laughter real laughter coming in real homeschooled laughter yeah and then they'll go but in all seriousness jeremiah actually was you can't do that right like you can't when it comes to comedy and horror the two most knee-jerk reactions when it comes to entertainment Mm -hmm. like you can't pull your punches you have to be so confident in your joke (laughs) that you can't be like you know, this is funny, but you know, in Ezekiel seven thirteen, this is what actually happened. Yes. You can't be educational and be jokey unless you're like Norm Macdonald, and then you're just filthy as hell. And- well, it's like that's just Norm Macdonald. I'm gonna do a real cough now, real quick, and you guys are gonna enjoy the audio. Here we oh, go. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> that's all right. That sounded so we're wet, dog. That sounded wet, man. <laughs> so yeah. It was like there was a, even a joke about here's we are since we're a Christian ministry we love coffee and we're okay. coming out with a coffee brand brand called Aceus Blend. It's first it's it's dark and bitter. Damn. <laughs> and they're like our next guest is fame apologist blah blah blah. I'm like you can't you can't do just that. Go for it. just do yeah. that, man. That's. But you gotta teach them we, how to we could talk a lot about we could talk a lot about Christian pop culture. No, on a different... You gotta show up to that station like Moses and have the the ten meme commandments. Show them show them a better way, yeah. man. Oh jeez, just don't give them any slack. They should be treated just like they should be treated as equals in the meme world. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. I just want and they should be judged. I want a Tower of Babel, but which is full of memes. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> You know, our memes are too short to box yeah. with God. You know, it's just going to be filled with Ugandan knuckles. Yeah, it's just Ugandan knuckles holding up, <laughs> like people planking all the way to the, to the heavens. Because mm-hmm. you know, you stare at Ugandan knuckles, you don't need to know languages. You know what I mean? Just, no. just stare at it, and, you, and it's and it's ha. It's it's a big ha. Other than being a biblical meme lord, have you done anything else this week? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I worked. That, that part. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I've been playing more Sea of Thieves. Uh, but I um, I got a little bitter the last salty, night. Man. So I just started chasing other nice. boats and crashing my boat into yeah. them. That <laughs> was pretty fun. That's uh, one thing I like about, like, multiplayer yeah. is it's like there's a split second 
in every multiplayer where you literally go crazy and you just want to firebomb the earth and you come back to your senses like i just just shot everything and then that moment's gone and then you're like all right i'm back to normal i can play the game strategically now like in monster hunter i just have moments where i just scream and i just scream at the monster and i just jump toward it knowing i'm gonna get hit and die I get hit and I die, but I got that out my system. You know what I mean? I can play, I can play right. the game strategically again. Oh no, it's like it's a stress reliever, man. I was reading this thing about like in overseas, like all the college kids in the entire college town scream out their windows at five thirty every night, every every night to relieve stress. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like everyone just everyone can, like. I'm sure that it's fine because that everyone in the town <laughs> does it. Like it's so if you're driving through like Hopenstocken or Stockenblocken, you just yeah. and it's like five thirty. You just hear a united roar. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's just them freaking out because college is hard, and it's not like invasion <laughs> of the body snatchers or anything. That would can you imagine driving through a town, and exactly like at just say one o'clock in the morning, everybody's lights came on at the same time. That would freak me out. That would, that would freak be crazy. My, I'd be scared of like a World War Z scenario of beating. Dude, I'm in town. I've had like moments where I've drawn, I've driven cross country, and I've had literally like hills of ice yeah. shit where I'll be driving, and I'll look, and it'll be like pitch black. You drive. Have you ever driven through Texas? There's some parts it's just black outside. There's no lights, and you're uh-huh. driving, and you just see a, three flashes from the mountains. You're like, what the hell? And you, no, you stop you, for directions and the guy goes, back the way you No, came. you drive faster for like another three <laughs> hours. And then you see another three flashes in the mountains. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I need to get out of Texas now. Dog. Like, I'm kind of freaking out. Shout out to our Texas No, fans. Texas is all love, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not crazy. Man, te- Texas is awesome. Like Frisco, shout out to my Frisco fam, yeah. my Dallas fam, my Galveston fam. Uh, what? Anyway. So speaking about uh, great things, how was your week? My week was far from great. Uh, I'm going to wrap up my week really quick. There's, I saw yeah. three movies, and I want to go over all three movies because they all are weirdly tied together in some weird thread of like, situational numbness in one movie I saw was Ready Player One. The -hmm. other movie was Netflix's Titan with Sam Worthington. Uh And the other movie was Blade Runner 2045. And they all deal with on a level with the end of the world, kind of. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the earth is shit and we have to make, we have to do things to make our situation better. And it's like, in Titan, which wasn't that great of a film, but it just bit off more than it could chew. It was, man, the Earth is in peril. We've used up all our resources. We need to go to planet Titan and figure out a way how to survive Never on that heard planet. heard of that reference before. That the Earth. <laughs> oh, which one? The Earth is in peril. Gaia, the spirit the one of the about, Earth. like, we're out of resources on Earth. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's been done. It's the same thing for all three movies. So it's like, okay, in this situation, they're actively trying to just dump the earth because it's finished and move on. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but that's that. Ready Player One is like, the earth is crap, and we're all just going to go on the internet and just ignore that the earth is coming to an end. So this this takes place in 2018? (laughs) It takes place in 2015, dude. Oh, Jeez Louise. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. The countries are all falling apart. Everyone's living on, crammed on top of each other. Let's just go online. Mm-hmm. Screw it, dude. I'm going to be in the <laughs> oasis and party. Uh, the Ready Player One's a good movie. It's fun. It's a popcorn muncher, but the message is really weird. <laughs> well, let me message- let's spend some time on on a uh, Ready Ready Player One because yeah. it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I'm in the state of uh, where a lot of film critics or like people who like to talk about movies get in to where they can talk about the movie and they can have an opinion of it without actually seeing it. <laughs> oh, welcome to the internet. Well, welcome right? to the internet, yeah. Well, that's where I am, where I'll, I'll say right up, like I don't have like a full-fledged opinion. I'm just going off of uh, – 
like I can't even find the reference anymore. But it, there was like a yeah. there was the guy talk. There was the guy who was talking about an article that he read about how the audience for Ready Player One, the book, is no longer interested in Ready Player One, the movie. Therefore, mm. the movie is different to the book. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Here's the whole, and this is a whole different tirade, but the book versus movies controversial yeah. situation, it's never going to be as good as the book, dude. Like, I was one of those guys where I was like, I want to read Ready Player One before watching the mm-hmm. movie. And I'm super happy I didn't because the book has so much more time and your mind is going to make up way cooler shit than a movie could ever show you. That's first right. of all. Your mind can make up what you want to see. It, right. Your mind can make the best Star Wars to for you. Exactly. Your yeah. your personal tastes are forging, are forming and framing around the words, which can be good or bad, but your mind does it. So there's nothing that Steven Spielberg and Industrial Light and Magic is ever going to show you that's as good as your own imagination. And that's the power right. of books. That being said, you can't go into it with this hoity-toity ideal that it's going to be equal or better than the novel or the book or the graphic novel because it's not. Mm-hmm. You got to see it for something completely different. You know what I mean? And many adaptations fall flat, especially comic book adaptations. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't go in. Like, no, you know, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Right. But it was like the, the people that I, I was listening to talk about this movie, they, they didn't like the book and they liked the movie. You know why? <laughs> There's a weird I, – I was listening to a uh, review on this movie earlier and one of the reviewers uh-huh. made a good point. He was like this Who movie – Who were you listening to? I was listening to, to Drew Reviews Podcast. I like okay. those guys. Drew Reviews Podcast. So give them a quick plug. But uh, he was saying that the book doesn't age well. You know what I mean? The book itself what, doesn't age well. Yeah, It's very misogynistic. It's very kind of people, I'm not going to say gender, race, or creed. People are a prize to be won. You know what I mean? And yeah. it just doesn't age well in our social justice warrior society now. Whereas the movie tries to combat that and change things up. Because the movie I'm hearing is very different from the book, which is good because- right got to fix those things like i'm sure steve was like yeah we're not making this approach <laughs> well no, i'm just gonna like my i've talked to my friends about this movie so i'm just gonna throw out i'm gonna try to do like a brief re- idea in my mind yeah. mm-hmm. um so the book came out during the time of uh the rise of nerd culture i would say yeah. like you have the origins of chris hardwick uh machinima uh, Red versus Blue, I believe, around this time. G four Attack the Show, right. all these things, and it was becoming like, like, uh, we're here, we're nerds, get used to it, right. <laughs> sort of uh, right. mentality, nerd pride. But uh, and part of that was like nerds used references, like like Machinima is like pretty much walking references, like look yeah. at these Halo guys, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Exactly. So now fast. So fast forward to now to where just you using references doesn't mean squat anymore. That doesn't nah. mean that you're – because your mom or like your parents know what a – like a Halo Spartan is. So now yeah. – or something like that. So Spielberg has to then go, okay, what is like nerd culture now or something like that and – he has a great example through Marvel. Now, this is me getting mm-hmm. to the weeds, and let me refrain. I have yet to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So, now, um, I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm suspecting that Spielberg has put in a ton of action sequences. And my friend told me that I'm correct. Uh, a lot of like CGI, like a lot of people are just in like green screen rooms. While mm-hmm. the, all this crazy stuff is happening, and I think that's what uh, like nerd meaning video game enthusiast film people like that. That's what the market, the major market is right now. And like all my thoughts, it kind of gets lost in the weeds at the end. That's fine. That's but, fine. I, I totally get what you're saying. And um, yeah. from the point of view of seeing the movie. 
there are three major (laughs) action scenes. One is good. One is great if you're into it. And one is the climax of the film. And what happens is that this movie is catering to children. It's an Amblin E.T. kind of feeling film. And I will say that all of the cameos slash marketing ploy slash uh, Easter eggs are done in a tasteful manner. And I want to say the word tasteful because it's a lot. It's I equated it to the movie itself. If I had to bog it down in one sentence is it's taking a ride on the Universal Studios movie tram but also meeting that's a good way to put it you know what i mean but also meeting like a newlywed couple so while you're just while you just want to come in and watch you know Jurassic Park and and uh and King Kong and Jaws there's someone in your ear telling you how they fell in love you know what i mean and how they're going to you know they've been dating for 100 years and you're just i don't care i just i came on the ride to see the cool stuff and the movie gives you that in spades i mean it's almost annoying how much pause and you'll miss it stuff is in this film. It's it's and it this movie has that avatar kind of feel where you know it's all fake, right? You, like you you mm-hmm. know you're watching a completely uh computer generated scene, but they sell it and they sell it like this is this is computer we're inside a computer. So in your head you're like I can quantify this as some sort form of reality. It's not like right. Who Frame Roger Rabbit, where uh, Bob Hoskins, Hoskins is standing right next to Bug Bunny, and it's just the most uncanny valley breaking situation. When everything is CG, it's easier to to kind of display belief and just be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna have a good time. I know what I'm in for." And there's one there's right. one scene in this movie. It's, it's in the middle. It's honestly, it made me smile so hard that. I'm just saying, as a horror fan, you're gonna love it. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away any anymore. But there's it's it, it tickles that part of your brain where it's like, oh, I know that. Oh, I I know I know that character. Oh, I know that reference. And it constantly happens to where you have like a, an endorphin overload, and you just want to you just want to take a nap after watching it because your eyes don't stop darting all over the screen. You know what I mean? There's constantly things to see, and it's actually a pretty good movie. It's just, it's a giant, like you were talking about earlier, like the nerd revolution. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're nerds, get used to it. We have our channels. We have our things, deal with it. This movie is a corporate dude trying to explain that to a mass audience. Yeah, it's that's a, a good way to put it. Something is lost in translation, which keeps it from being a perfect movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But in its innocence, it's still kind of fine. It's an okay movie. You know what I'm saying? So I, I let me re- reiterate that I have not seen the movie. Therefore, I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. I'm trying to get the what we would call in the philosophical world the zeitgeist of the uh, behind the scenes of like how did this movie come to pass sort of thing. Well, I'm not rating it in Ishtar yet. So No, nah, man. This is not <laughs> – Schindler's List or E.T. or anything like that. It's not his best movie. And I think everybody kind of go in knowing that. No one's expecting him to re... He's literally retreading on the past. So there's no way he's going to innovate forward. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird, funky balance. But do you you have a a, a night to go kill and see a a popcorn movie that's going to make you smile? and go, girl, I know that, then you're going to have a good time. And if you come into it with anything deeper than that, you're going to be disappointed because the acting is fine. Everything is fine, but the action scenes are amazing if you're a nerd. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are. So you'll dig, you'll bug mm-hmm. out on that. But after that, it's uh, it's empty calories. Put it like that. It's empty calories. You know? So w- let's uh, rate the three movies that you got. I I also watched mo- uh, films this weekend that I, I should mention as well. After, okay, but for you, let's uh, review. Let's uh, do the buy it, stream it, or toss Thank it. You. Good, and you have to. Okay, uh, perfect. Okay. So for uh, Ready, Player, Ready one, Player One, what would you do? I would buy it because you're going to want to pause this thing every five seconds and see what the hell you missed. I kind of want to see it again just to try to catch stuff I missed. 
So I would buy Ready Player One. Okay. It's not a high buy, but it's it's a buy nonetheless. Uh, Titan, nice. Uh, I would yeah. toss it. Uh, it's not worth your time. <laughs> I watched it because it was on Netflix uh-huh. and it was free, and it was on. And I just wanted to, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. It's not a good movie. Blade mm-hmm. Runner twenty forty five. That's a tough one, dude. Because it's it's so dry, and it's so good it's like it it depends on who you are man me personally i would buy it because it's a damn beautiful film but if you don't (laughs) like wine you're not gonna like it you know what i'm saying like if you would prefer uh, a beer and not wine then you're not gonna want this movie you know what i mean it's really based on taste so if i'm i can i can rock with wine when i feel like it so i give it a buy but if not at least stream it to watch it for the uh, cinematography and the acting, and it's just a beautiful damn movie. But it's not for everybody. I was talking right. to a friend earlier today, and I was like, "What do you think about it?" She was like, "It's so boring." I'm like, "Ah, oh, you don't you just don't get it. It's it's not an action film. <laughs> it's science fiction. It's a science fiction crime noir, dude. It's not gonna it's not gonna have you know thrills and chills for the kitties every five seconds. You know what I mean? But if you if you could rock with that, it's a good movie. So, I Ready Player One is a buy. Uh, Titan is a toss it, and uh, Blade Runner twenty forty five is a streaming. Yeah, nice. So for my uh, buy it this week, well, I think I have something for every category. Here we go. Buy it is going to be eight millimeter, but uh, Joel Schumacher uh, movie with yeah, Nicolas that's Cage. That's a trippy one, dude. I've seen <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I thought, oh, Hulu has it. Let me take a look. And then it's just like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix is in here, named Max Heaven. <laughs> that's right. a bomb ass name for it. And uh, yeah, and a not so plum. Uh, James Gandolfini. Yeah. 8mm is a trip, dude. Check yeah. that out. That's, that is definitely a stream, yeah. Uh Watch it by yourself so that you don't feel like the other person is yeah, judging you for making See, this movie. Test it first. Uh, this is a yeah. tested movie. Just test it on yourself first. Yeah. It's like Midnight on the Orient or uh, no, Midnight Train. Midnight on the Orient. That, that'd be another tested movie. Uh, yeah. Example of that, yeah. So a stream, um, it's not technically a movie, so I'm gonna be cheating here. But NYPD Blue is now Yo, on Hulu, the entire series. You had to buy, you had to buy each season for like 15 bucks on Amazon oh, before. But nah, not anymore. Go, go yeah, you get to see one of the most like. One of one of the guy one of the actors that looks like he should have never been on TV, uh, Dennis Farina, <laughs> not Dennis Farina, <laughs> uh, the guy who played uh, uh, Andy Sipowitz. Okay. Uh, yeah, where he's like sweating while he's eating and he's t- talking. Damn. Yeah, and it's like, how did he ever get this part? And oh, he's man. perfect for it. So there's that. Um, you know, I also I don't have a toss it. I have another stream it. Stream uh, Gilbert Godfrey's documentary Ooh. also on Hulu, like- talking about being married, having a kid, and yeah, it's very. Does he have a boy weird. or a girl? He has a boy what and if a girl. The girl so talks I- like him. I bet that's hilarious. No, she does not yeah, talk man. like him. It's all for nothing. <laughs> They're inter. Yeah, they. Uh, they interviewed the kids, and it, it it's very weird because like you have this persona, like you have this persona, I, this idea that Gilbert Godfrey is like the man on stage twenty four seven, but they show like home videos, and he's nothing like that. It's very weird. Yeah, man. Comedians are a weird lot, man. They're some of the most fascinating mm-hmm. people in the world because they're so polar opposite their persona. You know, like Bobcat Goldthwait talks like a crazy man whenever you see him but he drops it when he when he's around friends right. and family and you it's extremely rare that it's caught on video of him not doing the funny voice 
You know what I mean? It's like, have you met Bobcat Goldthwait in your celebrity days? Shit, in no, your, man. I wonder if that dude is still kicking around. You haven't heard from him in a minute. Oh, he's still around. He he directs now. Good for him, dude. That's what's up. Man. That's why I'm assuming that you'll see him because it's not like he has an entourage around. It's him. not like we. It's just, not like you're in LA and we all live like in a weird like Hunger Games, you know, bubble. We just run into each other. Yeah. Yeah, man, Ice Cube. Owes I'll me take $10. that as a mental note. Yeah, man. So these people. Is, you don't meet celebrities on every street. Nah, man. Only every other street. <laughs> Only every other day, I see somebody and be like, "Are you Edward James almost?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> that is crazy that you bring up his name. Oh, I just finished Battlestar Galactica. See, there you go. Find District Thirteen. And I had to look him up. I had to I had to look him up and go like this guy has done a lot. He has done uh, and everything, he's, and he's doing more. He's going to be in the Sons of Anarchy spinoff. How do I reach these kids? Or Sorry. like Selena? <laughs> I remember that that's something he says in the movie Selena Damn. that I remember. Uh, Selena, Selena. Speaking of movies, <laughs> you want to get into this news, bro? I suppose. <laughs> I actually have no movie news, which is funny. <laughs> There's... Well, you have the return of the Fantastic Four. Let's rock into that. So finally, Marvel's first family is coming back to Marvel Comics. Duh. So they announced that the Fantastic Four are coming back to comics in August with uh, startling, proud appraise in there's no group in comics that's gotten the hardest shaft in the right. franchise. I thought this was about the movie. <laughs> I should have. No, man. I should have read the. This story. is about the comic books. What's a comic it's book? Like, I should. Yeah. You should have read the fine script. Yeah, man. I don't get to talk about comics that often because they're all dumb now. But this is going to be awesome, dude. Yeah, the Fantastic Four, the whole families. Reed Richards, he's elastic. Sue can flee from sight. Johnny is the human torch, and the thing just wants to fight. Let's call the four. Give me a good rundown of, uh, like, if you were going to create a a story arc of Fantastic Four. Boom. Got it. Super easy, Doug. In in the MCU (laughs) or just in general? Um, I'll allow it. That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> um, whatever floats your boat. All right, boom. I'm, I'm, I'm about. This is just a freestyle uh, yeah. ad lib creation of putting the MCU, uh, putting the Fantastic Four in the MCU. All right, boom. So the Fantastic Four already exists in the MCU. They're just a, a science loving family that is kind of all not on the radar, kind of like how Doctor Strange was in in Winter Soldier. So. In Infinity War, Thanos comes to Earth and starts trouble, which causes Earthlings to want to look more towards the stars. The Fantastic Four get uh, funding from Stark to get an, a ship to go into space and research the debris from the destruction of Thanos' ship, which is probably going to happen. They're hit by cosmic rays. They fall back to the ground and thus become the Fantastic Four. Now, on Thanos' ship, he has tons of different aliens and kind of weird things that crash onto Earth. There's a guy that's called the Mole Man, who was actually one of the Fantastic Four's first villains. Let's say he goes and digs up all of those fallen debris and finds monsters that he wants to use to take over New York City. The Fantastic Four are the only ones to be able to stop him because in Infinity War, all the Avengers died. So the Fantastic Four have to go defeat the Mole Man, capture all the monsters, and save the day, thus cementing them as Marvel's first family. All right. That's the movie. And the stinger <laughs> is and the stinger is is that the silver surfer is hovering over Earth ready to summon Galactus devourer of worlds. That'll be the Easter Easter that's, egg. That's the Easter egg uh end of the movie stinger. Easy. Wow. Easy. That's, and that's just one character. I can I can do every single major villain of Fantastic Four and think up something right now off the top of my head. I love this. I love Fantastic Four yeah. so much, man. Yeah, but but yeah, they're coming back to comics. I just want to know what the comic co- costumes are going to look like so I can draw them because I love drawing comic costumes, especially new ones. It's a really good creative team on it. I'm super hyped. 
give me more Fantastic Four. Make do right by them, please. For the <laughs> best, please do right by them. That yeah. was fun. My favorite. Like, <laughs> my favorite was the thing. Was like uh, the thing was my favorite part of the family. Yeah, I man, felt more was... like him in high school. <laughs> Right, right. Just kind of yeah. like uh, the outcast, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, trust me, a lot of people eat, relate to the thing. I was always like, I always like Mr. Fantastic. I have a thing for leaders, and he was real brainy. Not really, yeah. Didn't really fight, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I related to him back when I was a kid. Well, well, it's like if I was gonna write a Fantastic Four story arc, and it would be in comic book form, so I could really flesh this out, it would be. Um, you you get the tail end of the story, like a tail end of them, uh, killing Doctor Doom. Damn. Okay. Because Doctor Doom, yeah. Okay. And then you flash forward to uh, like ten ten years later, uh, Mister Fantastic is now a politician. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh. And he's the first one that you see, and it's the whole comic book series is dealing with a old age, which is a common theme and stuff. Right? Yeah, uh, um, old age dealing with having these superpowers, but having no one to fight them with. That's tight. Sort of I thing. like that. Okay. Yeah, and uh, dealing with the family being broken up because Mister Fantastic uh, is not connected with anyone else. You flash forward to invisible girl who is doing, uh, I'm going on and off. Like if I want to go, like I can go. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do this. Like she's now a CIA agent doing things for the government. That's cool. And she's struggling with, she's struggling with using these powers that she thought were for good. But now she's finding out that, She's just like getting rid of these oil barons or stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, she's doing SMA and then you stuff. Yeah, so then then you cut to uh, the Human Torch. No, Human Torch is last. Then you you have the Thing who couldn't find a job anywhere else, so he has to join a freak that show. Sucks. And but it's Ben Grimm though. <laughs> he always gets the short yeah. man. Yes, and he's become a drunk and I'm like tomorrow. just. <laughs> Living that, and what happens is at the end of the first comic, you see the Human Torch coming to a show of the thing, and then it's like we've got a job to do, and you don't know, and you don't know what the Human Torch has been doing until now. That's dope, dude. Like that's what I'm saying. The Fantastic Four, you can do so much with them. (laughs) They're so malleable. Now. I don't know if comic books are meant for for like nihilistic, no, uh, depressive. No, there's a I'm, a I'm a there's a comic out there called Marvel's Ruins, and it's a yeah. nihilistic, depressing ass take on the Marvel universe. And if you've read Ruins or find find the graphic novel, it is the most depressing Marvel read you'll ever read. It has all these weird dark. Uh, dark sides to like superheroes and like realistic situations where it's like T'Challa, the black Panther was arrested by the FBI for like, for like, uh, for like terrorist attacks on the, on the white house. You know what I mean? And like, uh, mutants were uh, being like segregated, like, you know, back in, back in civil rights movement, but Magneto sold out his children so that he didn't have to go to the slave you know, the, you know, Genosha mutant slave quarters and stuff. It's like, it's really depressing. <laughs> so if you want to read some depressing yeah. Marvel, check out ruins. That mess a missile shit in your cereal real easy. So if Marvel, are you, if you're listening, I am available. I can, this one's free. Uh, it's free. Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of things that are probably free right now, Toys R Us is closing, man. <laughs> Holy shnikes, dude. What's the world coming to where Toys R Us is no longer a viable place to purchase toys, dog? And where am I going to get my wrestling figures? Where am I going to get my bouncy house, right? You know what it is? It's that Amazon killed the department store star. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, And plus, kids don't play with and toys anymore. I know anymore. how much you're praising 
Yeah, and you praise Trump so much for everything he does that uh, now him uh, <laughs> taking out Amazon is. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. First of all, F Trump. I'm not. Uh, he's he has no place within the nerdiverse walls, and <laughs> kids just don't play do with toys anymore. But man, like action figures are not for yeah. children. Barbies are not for children, man. They're for weird ass adults who want to like collect them and shit. And this all started during when phones got smarter. Man, phones killed toys. Mm-hmm. Like a kid's gonna well, there, jump on your phone, is. you know. Yeah, there is. I think Nintendo kind of has the way to go for uh, combining toys with video games. Which labo, labo, labo. Not yeah. that garbage. But <laughs> you mean amiibos? Not, yeah, that's the, those are the ones that you put on top of your like you put on top of your Xbox and they do something. <laughs> your Nintendo Xbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but you know, more adults are buying amiibos than kids are, dude. I mean, you, you like it's it's funny. It's like you on Christmas morning, and you a kid. I mean, babies like from zero to like five dick toys, right? Because their brains are still trying to wrap around what is Earth, right? But right. From five to infinite, it's like you got any games on your phone? You got any? You got any games on your tablet? It's like no, man. You want to play with He Man? <laughs> nah. I want to play on your phone. It's like, you can't touch my phone, bro. Little, little, bro. And like, kids just don't mess with toys no more. And it's, it's been like that for almost like 20 years. <laughs> you know? True. And like these stores that are like these niche stores, kind of like how uh, streaming kind of killed movie, like movie stores. I remember there used to be stores like Sam Goody in the warehouse and Suncoast, yeah, Circuit City. Circuit City. They're all dying because it's like, why would I go to Suncoast and maybe find this movie when I can just buy it online now and and, and get and have yeah. it? Because a lot of the consumers, you know, they're just not they don't care about the special edition collector's cups and they just want to watch their movie so they can go to bed. You know, yeah. Amazon needs to get in get its butt into gear and get these amazon stores up and running Man, stores are finished though. all there's going to be is a bunch of drones spinning around like in ready player one delivering us pizza no, you still shit. gotta you're still gonna have stores because drone drones can't beat the impulse buy the impulse <laughs> so you Friday know and cyber mondays are dropping more and more every year man you know what i mean cats oh. is just like like you can grocery shop online, you know, it's like there's only certain tangible things that you have to leave the house for anymore. It's going to work and getting a haircut, getting your, you know what I mean? Like anything else, it's like yeah. you could just. Well, you're depressing. So. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to miss you, Toys R Us, man. But I hear that from the shadows, KB Toys is going to make a comeback, which is dope. From the ashes <laughs> of, of Toys R Us will rise the phoenix of KB Toys, Doug. They're seeking their moment. I can get my Mega Blocks. I want my Mega Blocks, man. <laughs> I want my uh, my Lego Millennium Falcon for like four hundred dollars. Can you believe that, Matthew? Have we seen that? It's like a it's yes, like a fourteen by fourteen model of the Millennium Falcon Lego. That shit's like a thousand dollars, dog. Out of control. Have you seen the uh, the Conan video of? Uh, one of Conan's staffers is wanting the, their Millennium Falcon signed by Harrison Ford. And then Harrison Ford grabs it and, like, it drops out of his hands. <laughs> I love Harrison it. Ford so he's much, like, man. Here, let me just. Yeah, I'm pretty. It's definitely fake, but it's so great. I show it to kids, and the kids get all pissed off. Like, Harrison well, Ford's Harrison a Ford's jackass. Harrison Ford's the best, dude. I remember he was doing an interview with, yeah. like, Adam Driver. And Harrison Ford thought he was going to tell a real funny knock knock joke. Yeah. And Adam Driver, he was like, and Harrison Ford was like, uh, uh, knock knock. And, and Adam Driver was like, come in. And Harrison Ford gave him like the stare of death, like you little young bastard. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> Harrison Ford is the Harrison. First of all, Harrison Ford is the most chill guy ever. He's like the old version of Keanu Reeves. It's like they just want to exist and have a good time. Considering a guy that. That's been in like a couple plane crashes. He just wants to fly his plane over the years. And be a weirdo and chill. He's, I would have a beer with Harrison Ford, man. Mm-hmm. I just want to chill with that guy. 
He's he's on the list. Yeah. Question is, would he want not to have a beer with you? <laughs> he's, like, not at all. No. He does not want anything to do with Mike G. But if I, as long as you're paid, you're buying <laughs> whatever, sir. Like him, Clint Eastwood, like Bill Murray. You know what I mean? He's just cast. I just want to have a. Beer. I, would, I just want a beer with these <laughs> okay. dudes and just pick their brain. Yeah, it went from action heroes to yeah, like, these are I just want to. I just need to know, man. Like, are you really an asshole, yeah. or are you just legit? Like, like, like crazy? You know, it's like I just need to understand, dude. Uh, speaking of understand, mm-hmm. you know what I need to understand? Um, I know. Right? We Segway both have the same teams. idea. I need to understand why Marvel TV yeah. won't let Donald, Donald Glover make the Deadpool animated series. <laughs> have you heard about this? Hashtag it's not my crazy, Deadpool. Uh, like, yeah, I've heard about it. So, long story short, uh, D- uh, Donald Glover gets tagged by Marvel TV to make a Deadpool animated series written by him. And apparently, uh, he wrote the first pilot, and I guess maybe five episodes. I'm not sure how that process works. But Marvel was like, uh, no, we kind of don't want this. And they, and they said that, um, oh, yeah, we weren't able to do it with Donald because he was busy. We had uh, scheduling issues, and we couldn't do it. But he already yeah, mm-hmm. but he already wrote. It was ready to go. Like a couple episodes. Like, yeah. Didn't he but release he was, he the released, like, That's part of yeah. it. And Donald Glover went to Twitter and was like, look, I was not, not busy, man. I was super ready to go. And these guys dropped yeah. my idea for X, Y, Z reasons. So what he did was he wrote a 15-page draft about the situation clowning like marvel he wrote the script about deadpool going to africa and having to like save the last endangered rhino it was a big metaphor about on how marvel screwed him and didn't want didn't want to let okay quote unquote uh, you know not quote unquote but didn't want to let a black writer into that kind of situation and completely burned his bridge right like like completely burned his bridge yeah and people are like animating it, and people are like bringing his fifteen-page script to life. <laughs> it's like the coolest movement ever. Like, why won't Marvel ever let Donald Glover have fun? Like, they have a history. Like, remember when Donald Glover was like, "Man, I wish why can't Spider-Man be black?" You know, he's, it's a nerd kid. Who, yeah, this is the whole no. This is the whole reason that like <laughs> uh, that inspired Brian Michael Bendis to make Miles Morales, which was the ultimate version of Spider-Man. Uh, I saw an interview, and Donald Glover was like. Uh, a, a nerd kid from Brooklyn that loves science. I know a bunch of black kids who are like that. Why can't Spider Man be black? Hashtag make Spider Man black. Yeah, and because he's, he's not. And so he's Brian not. Michael Bendis was like, "Why not?" And he made Miles Morales. Just and kidding. I'm gonna give you my two cents on the whole situation, on the black um, right, standings for existing characters or female standings for existing characters. Whoop de whoop. Is that? Uh, it's just a tough subject, but it's tough. <laughs> it's rough, and I have to be very go. careful with my words. <laughs> yep. Is that comic books either embrace or deny lineage? And by lineage, I mean passing the mantle from one here from one person to the next, but maintaining the name. DC embraces lineage. There's like five different flashes. Right there's guy there's Jay Garrick there's Wally West there's Barry Allen there's Bart West tons of different you know flashes so when you say the Flash to a nerd it depends on which Flash they like same with Green Lantern even Batman has multiple people who've worn the mantle of Batman but if I say Iron Man you're gonna think Tony Stark immediately right and that's it if I say Spider Man you're gonna think Peter Parker right. that's it Hulk Bar- Bruce Banner whatever whatever in Marvel. Thor, 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 right? Thor, and Thor. During the 2000s, Marvel yeah. started mixing things up. Batman, uh, Spider-Man is black now. He's Marvel's Morales. Thor is a woman now. Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk is or is uh, Asian. Uh, Amadeus Cho. And it's like, if you want to pass the mantle onto a new character and build a world around that, that's fine. But don't just do it for sensationalism are just to say we have more ethnic characters. There's, there is a falseness in that. There right. is a, a fakeness in that or whatever. I don't like it. And it just rubs me the wrong way as a fan because I'm the first one to be like, uh, 
Hal Jordan is my Green Lantern, but somebody else would say, oh, Kyle Rayner is mine. But it, at the same token, it's like people feel like, oh, Marvel just wants to say they have more ethnic characters and they're just going to create Miles Morales. But this stuff comes from places. Like I remember when uh, James Rhodes was Iron Man in the 70s, people balked about that too. Uh, you know, nerds hate change, especially when, when it comes to their favorite <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? And change is rough. If the character survives, right. then it becomes part of comic lore. Everybody either loves it or hates it. But you have to, there has to be some kind of intelligent writing behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just do it for for shock's sake or for SJW's sake, because it just it rings untrue. That's all I'm going to say on that. And you know, and yeah. Well, it's like comic books are what are like the like example that I would point to, like you said, of people who do not like change. Like it, like people know of the uh, like mm-hmm. like the trope of the nerd going, "Well, what about issue 32?" blah blah blah. <laughs> and so I I feel like that yes. is part of the comic book culture um what should be added to the culture is a now uh, my personal yeah, opinion my is thing. like you want more black get, superheroes get create new, superheroes, new black superheroes sort of thing don't yeah. don't tie a black character to an already existing property just for selling sake right. it's like making a reboot is you're making a reboot right right cuz you're making right well you're you're essentially saying like this 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 storyline, this character is dying. Like that. we can't get enough mm-hmm. sales. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna spice it up with a minority. This, yeah. And that's essentially like, like what they're gonna do. <laughs> that I mean, it's a, it's a lot cheaper than trying to get it's a lot people safer. interested it's in a lot buying safer. comics. People about are gonna pick up new Spider Man, but people aren't gonna pick up Art uh, What the hell is yeah. that, right? Black or female? Yeah, like you only whatever. see Batman's uh, mouth. You know, so it's, it's all like, right if he's black. Yeah, that's sort of thing. Change is good. It's like yeah. Star Wars or, and The Last Jedi. It's yeah, like the perfect example of nerds raging against change. All The Last Jedi was was a big ball of get over it. We're moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's the biggest matzo ball of we're moving forward. Deal with it. I've ever seen in nerd popular culture and nerds hated it. You know why? Because it it threatened their stability. It threatened what they already knew. Right. It's like, I know Spider-Man's Peter Parker, you know, no, he's not. Right. Well, I, well, I think the the important part of the last Jedi, uh, just uh, with that was uh, also showing like it used to be that it was clear cut that there was the rebels in the galactic empire and they were going to always fight each other good or bad. But there's that little scene in there yeah, where we, the we uh, thief or aren't, yeah, the, the thief guy who clicks his mouth, uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. He shows that the guy, the arms yeah, dealer is sale yeah. is selling, uh, is selling weapons to both the rebels and to the empire. And I think that's a, 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 a point of maturing for the audience yes. to go, okay, there's a cycle that's happening here that people are profiting from. And it could take, yeah, and it takes a new group of people to break the cycle. Thank you. Oh, a, I'm, I'm so happy to have this conversation <laughs> because I've talked blue in the face to people about this and they just don't get it. Is that yeah. the last, and I don't mean to go on a tirade about The Last Jedi, but. It's about that the apple cart was ruptured, right? Like yeah. change, like you're not seeing it past the good guy fought the, the the bad guy with a lightsaber. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's other things that are going on that need to be adjusted to let the pro- mm-hmm. to let the not just the the canonical storyline grow, but let the actual product grow. We need to move past the Jedi's. We need to, not even the Jedi's. We need to move past the Skywalkers, but you guys exactly. don't want to let it go. What do you mean Ray is not a not a Skywalker? What do you mean Ray is not a Kenobi? She doesn't have to be to progress the story. 
you know it's so mm-hmm. frustrating it's like if you know if we're ever to like well, comics is weird because you can tell infinite stories within a, a span of time and it's ne- these these characters are never going to age but mark hamill has aged ford is aged like they need to stop <laughs> yeah people alone let them do other things and let new talent tell new stories and like donald glover going back going full circle to the original article maybe he was talking about some radical stuff that marvel was just not trying to hear maybe it was the race card i don't know but he sure did burn his bridges with that stuff man you know what i'm saying i think i'm going to call the news i have one more article but i really don't want to talk about it because it's really irritating oh you know what i'm going to talk about it real quick because i don't want to just talk you know pretty much uh shadow of war uh Lord of the Rings Shadow of War, the shitty uh, next-gen game that had single-player microtransactions. God, that's just that's a weird sentence. Removed all their microtransactions after the game stopped making money. Long story short, don't make shitty games. Okay, you ready for some questions? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sweet. So if you want to ask us a question, you can send that to mastersofthenerdiversecast at gmail.com. That is mastersofthenerdiversecast at gmail dot com uh some really easy questions this this week easy is the word of the podcast easy ready you ready ready to rock and roll real quick what's your favorite foreign film it's between two snowpiercer and uh the professional Ah, leon the professional oh that's a good answer my friend Mine, because I'm a horror geek, mine is a movie, a little movie called uh, The Audition. And it's directed by, I want to say, Takashi Miike. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You need okay. to just watch it. Watch Audition. If you're in horror, you'll like it. Or it may irreparably mess up your life. All right. Speaking of horror, uh, take, a, take a Nickelodeon show and pitch me a Nickelodeon show, but make it a horror movie. Okay. Outside noises. Um, So picture Tusk 2, but with Cat Dog. (laughs) Sounds like a human centipede plus Tusk. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about that, or I was thinking of uh, a, a family that goes, is out in the jungle, and they get stuck. And they're and the animals are fighting them, like they're trying to escape, but the animals are like fighting back, sort of thing. What <laughs> that is that? Like of, wild like, thornberries? Yeah, wild thornberries. Damn! All right, I just thought of a weird saw-like double dare, <laughs> where there's an announcer the whole time. It's like Running Man mixed with saw. You know what I mean? Oh. Or. Uh, are a serial are, are just to make Doug a serial killer, and Patty Mayonnaise has good. to take him out of his misery. Darko three, Doug. yeah, it's just Doug, <laughs> and Doug yeah. and his his killer persona is uh is a uh, Quail Man. Quail Man's the Quail Man killer. He's going around <laughs> killing people, and then the person on his on his list is Patty Mayonnaise, and she has to be the one to <sighs> to take him down and end his reign of terror. Uh, last question. Now, a question to add with this yes. would be: Who would you want to direct? Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> okay, for both. <laughs> I oh, I went for Eli Roth because I want I want him to film the scene because I want the boy to become the nature boy that he is in Wild Thornberries, yeah. and part of that scene is where he he is snatched by a gorilla who is like lost her son doing to the zoning of this jungle, which is why the animals are fighting mm. back. And he has to drink gorilla milk <laughs> in order to become <laughs> and he's like, that's the final straw that breaks his mind. Yeah, man. I don't think any of us can handle <laughs> drinking right. boob chicken gorilla titty milk, dog. Like <laughs> at that point you're kind of mentally checked out. <laughs> All right. And only Eli Roth would want to do yeah, that. Yeah, man. So to do it right, I would have Darren Aronofsky make my Double Dare movie, but I would have uh, David Cronenberg do my Doug serial killer movie. 
Yeah, because he can do, if you've ever seen History of Violence, he can do a hell of a thriller. Uh, last question. Are there any sounds that you hear that immediately put you on edge? When I hear my ex-wife, woo! Okay. Okay, uh, okay Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whenever I hear Roseanne speak, Damn, that works actually. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I'm watching the the uh, reboot right now. The, For oh, don't watch you, that. By dude. the way, don't support that, man. What? She's What's wrong with it? Dude. She's super evil and weird. <laughs> not in real, not life. real life. Not There's real only one life. way to be that. There's not, there's not a <laughs> character to, that Trump uh, Okay, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. I don't want to do that on this podcast. <laughs> watch, watch what you want. You've been no, watching too much fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I need to answer this question, too. <laughs> it has been all fake news. A baby crying, okay? That's the noise that makes, that makes me... Baby crying immediately puts me on edge. I can't handle it. Uh, man... Jeez Louise, what are you looking forward to this week, man? <laughs> well, uh, there was, um, you know, Hulu releases new episodes of a show yeah. the day after. So I have the next episode of Roseanne to watch. And then I'm going to nice. watch the NYPD Blue Uh there's a new ABC show called The Crossing, which is a sci-fi that, that I want to look in into. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. They probably play yeah, some man, Call of Duty, get some uh, sleep. Yeah, I'm thinking about jumping into a Hulu hole myself. I want to get back into watching My Hero Academia because the new season is going to be starting soon. Um, I'm trying to find – yeah. Anime. anime that is definitely that's an anime, anime right uh yeah. i'm want to follow, keep following up on krypton on the sci-fi channel because that's piqued my interest and uh mm-hmm. f- fill in the uh, fill in the hours and days until 420 when i can play god of war so i'm just going to be playing a lot of uh i'm thinking about giving fortnite another shot maybe i don't know it's already on my hard drive so I might as well t- test it again but definitely play more Monster Hunter I need there's a couple of armors I need to armor sets I need to complete okay oh man any pa- any passing thoughts before we close this bad boy out uh read more books <laughs> there you go read books expand your damn minds you know don't and don't cheat and use audible.com you know, if you want, if you want to sponsor us, Audible, I'd be more than happy to <laughs> yeah, talk about how, how great Audible.com is and how it's a one-stop shop for listening to books when you're on the go. <laughs> but uh, read more books, expand your damn minds, and don't let critics tell you if you want to like a movie or not. Just go see it. Go read yeah. it. Go play it. Critics, being a critic's the easiest job in the world, man. Just, just experience it and, and draw your own damn conclusions, ladies. Absolutely. And if you want me to pay me to be a critic, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> but if you would like to sponsor my uh, MasterTheNerdiverse.com for it to be critics, we would do so immediately because it's the easiest job in the world. Uh, you can always find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio. And Google Play, and if you want to leave us a like, if you want to comment on any of the channels that you listen to us on, or if you want to subscribe to stay afloat with our updates, please do so. It only helps the channel more. I've, of course, been your host, Mike G. And I'm your host, Winter Sturdivant. And we will always ask you to take that one step beyond.
Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.